Today is a very dangerous day if today is true, if what we celebrate today is true. The reason it's very dangerous is because it changes reality. And it means that at the center of all human history is this event, the event of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. That this man did something that no one else has ever done. And to verify and affirm the things that he had been teaching, he rose from the dead. Nobody rises from the dead. Ancient people were not dumb. They had the same brains that all of us do. They knew that people do not rise from the dead. We don't believe a ghost rose from the dead. We believe he rose in his body, Jesus. It's a very dangerous truth. This is dangerous because this means that we have to surrender to the person of Jesus. Our ideas about the world, about reality. We can't be our own gods if this is true. And again, this is very dangerous. It was always a dangerous truth. The way that you can get rid of dangerous truths, we see this often today in politics, all of us know, is you see a media slant or coverage of a particular issue. How do you change or distort the truth and make it so that it's not as powerful or impactful? Well, the obvious, the main obvious one is you, you spread lies. Remember the lies that were told at the tomb of Jesus? So they had these guards who sat in front of the tomb because they were afraid that something would happen around his body. And so they put these tombs there and then the Jewish priest the next morning after they asked, where's the body? They said, we'll pay you off. You just say that this happened. You say his disciples took the body away. That's a lie. They tried spreading that, that lie in the beginning. We use lies to distort the truth. We can soften the truth in various ways by just kind of bringing it down a notch maybe. Or we could just not talk about it. Again, with this day that we're celebrating today, this has happened from the very, very beginning. One of the ways that we kind of soften the truth now about the resurrection is, and about the person of Jesus, is we like to talk about Jesus as though he were one of many great teachers who came along in human history. Jesus was kind of like Buddha, or Confucius, or Muhammad, or Moses. He was one of the greats. He's one of the great teachers of all time. This, of course, as we look a little bit closer, it's not really a holdable position, but in the 1700s and even before then, but especially then, it started to become a little bit uncool to believe in God. It started to become, among those who were in elite positions of academic power, leadership, you can't really talk about believing in God. You can't hold that reality, and so we have to kind of get around that. And so we started to talk about Jesus as a teacher. You might remember Thomas Jefferson famously put together a Bible. We call this the Jeffersonian Bible or the Jefferson Bible. And he took, about, he took out, he was like, you know, I, I like all the teaching stuff. I like Jesus here, but I don't like all the miracle stuff. Anything that's supernatural, he cut it out with a razor, cut out all the resurrection accounts, 
called that the Jefferson Bible. That's kind of an understanding of Jesus today, a great teacher. C.S. Lewis famously talking about this issue. He's a philosopher from the early 20th century. He said this. He was an atheist too. C.S. Lewis was an atheist most of his life. He had this conversion and uh, eventually became a Christian. C.S. Lewis says this. I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people pretty much always say about Jesus. That is, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing you can't say, says Lewis. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not really be a great moral teacher at all. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a person who says that they're a poached egg, He's crazy because he says, I'm God. That's something that you'd find someone who's crazy saying. Or he would be a devil, someone evil, who is so egocentric that they're claiming that they are God. You have to make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else he's a madman or something worse. You cannot, you can shut him up for a fool, and you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let no one come up with this dumb, unevidenced, patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He hasn't left us that option. He didn't intend to. Now, it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic or a liar, but however strange and terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I accept the view that he said, which is that he was God. We also often have this thing of distorting the truth, again, about this event, the things that took place by saying that the person of Jesus was actually a good teacher, but as time went on, generations went on, and you know how the scriptures are, now this is a lie that I'm about to say, but this is what we often hear. There's so many translations of translations of translations of translations of the Bible that as generation went on from generation, kind of like a telephone game where the, you know, you get the slow over-exaggerating of the truth. So he starts off as Jesus of Nazareth, who's just this great, wise teacher and then he's like the greatest human and then eventually in the next generation he was God again if we look at the evidence that is not the case none of that is true I'd like to read just a few points of fact about the New Testament this and that that's 27 books the New Testament they are testimonies about this event that we're celebrating today by the way about the accuracy, the historical reliability of these particular texts. The New Testament documents are better preserved and more numerous, both, than any other ancient writings. Any other ancient writings. Period. Because they are so numerous, they can be cross-checked for accuracy and they are very consistent. There are presently 5,686 
Greek manuscripts in existence today for the New Testament. If we were to compare that number, the number of New Testament manuscripts to other ancient writings, think about Socrates, think about Homer, any of these ancient texts, we would find that the New Testament manuscripts far outweigh the reliability of these other ancient writings. There are thousands of more New Testament Greek manuscripts than any other ancient writings. The internal consistency of the New Testament documents is about 99.5% textually pure. That means if you look across the number of documents that I just mentioned, they all say the same thing. These are all being handwritten. There's not this distortion going on. Scholars agree that the New Testament documents were all written before the close of the first century. This is even non-religious New Testament scholars. Before the end of 100. If Jesus was crucified in 30, that means the entire New Testament was completed within 70 years. And much earlier, most of it. This is important because it means that there were plenty of people around when the New Testament documents were being penned. People who could have contested the writings. In other words, those who wrote the documents knew that if they were inaccurate, plenty of people would have pointed it out. But we have absolutely no ancient documents contemporary with the first century that contest the New Testament text. We believe these are eyewitnesses. We believe that this event changed the world. And I just want to read here St. Peter in our first reading. This is what Peter himself is saying. This, this is the first pope. He's the, the head of the 12 apostles. He says, we are all witnesses of what he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. This man God raised up on the third day and granted that he be visible, not to all people, but to us, his witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. We ate, we sat down, he was eating with us, eating dinner with us. I saw it. We could try to silence the truth, many will, always, but it always gets out. It can only go to a certain extent. We can try to distort it with lies or kill those who proclaim the truth, as still happens throughout the world and often happens throughout human history, inconvenient truths. But the truth ultimately cannot be contained and Jesus could not be contained in the tomb. Lord, we ask you to bless all of us on this Easter. Send us many Easter graces. Bless both our intellect, our reason, and also bless our faith. Help us to trust in you, to surrender our lives to you, to not be afraid, but to be liberated by you as Lord of our lives. Save us through the merits of your resurrection. Bless every family here in this church. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us just take a few moments in silent prayer just to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.